Welcome to the monthly Pause Reset Brunch. My name is Natalie Francis Clark, owner and host. Today's guest is none other than author Myra Francis, and I'll read you her bio. Myra Francis was born and raised on the Caribbean island of Antigua. She is the youngest of six children who had to grow up quickly when their mother died tragically in a vehicle accident. Myra still credits her mother as her biggest inspiration, although she has been gone for nearly 42 years. Myra is the author of 40 Lessons in 40 Years, Putting Life into Perspective Through Trials and Triumphs, and the author of Road Trip Therapy, a long conversation about politics, religion, sex, and a whole lot more. Myra is a mother of three young adults, which now sounds funny since she spent 15 years at home with them during their formative years. Myra calls her husband of 27 years and partner of 35 years her best friend and soulmate. She worked in banking and accounting for over a decade and has a degree in finance and investments. She currently works as a counselor, having gone back to school and earning a degree in marriage and family therapy when her children were in grades 9 and 11. However, Myra is still very passionate about personal finance and never misses an opportunity to give anyone tips on how to budget wisely. On a more personal note, Myra enjoys traveling, exercising, and the company of friends and family especially when done together. Welcome, Myra. Thank you, Natalie. <laughs> so before we get into things, I always like to, I always like to know what, um, what my guests are either snacking or drinking at, at the moment. So since I knew you were going to ask me that question, <laughs> I wanted to keep it 100. And so I, I had, I just had my favorite drink Right now, I juice some beets, Granny Smith apples, carrots, kale, and a ginger beer. And it's the best thing right now for me. Oh, Not only is it tasty, but it's really good for the body. So, yep. Okay, good, good, good. Um, as for me, I actually just finished, um, before we started, snacking on some strawberries. And I had some um, whipped cream, but made from oat, from oat milk. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I um, since I've I've had surgery, and I'm home. I'm 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 eating out of boredom, so I'm trying to give myself the illusion I'm doing something um really bad with those strawberries and whipped cream. <laughs> so. That's that sounds good, actually, and healthy. You know, I like my healthy kit, so <laughs> that sounds really good. So before. Before we even talk about your second book, um, you know, I had the pleasure of reading your first book, 40 Lessons in 40 Years, which I thought was was hilarious um, because, of course, it had that Myra humor. Um, <laughs> if you know, you know, <laughs> even though there were, you know, some mishaps and, you know, some, you know, serious life events that happen, you definitely have a way bringing humor um into things so I want to know what made you decide to write 40 lessons in 40 years um I think it started from my years at InStyle we used to like a bunch of us especially the West Indians we used to hang out together and 
you know, when you're working in an office, there's always some kind of um, crazy shenanigans. And I used to say, I'm going to write a book about these people. I'm going to write a book about these people. Mm-hmm. And um, after I lost my job, I was home and, um, you know, I was busy with the kids. And I always thought about writing a book, but um, I really didn't know how to start writing the book. Mm-hmm. So then I decided to start a blog. And um, after I started the blog and um, I had like, obviously, a very tiny fan base. And so um, after people kept telling me it was really good and everything, I thought it was time to write the book. And initially I did not intend to write a book about lessons. I intended to write more about, you know, the job and just, um, you know, things in general. But because through the blog, I was just like um, kind of dispensing advice. I thought of the fact that Whenever we say things, there's always someone who's in a similar position. Mm-hmm. And I realized that a lot of people don't talk about their experiences. And mm-hmm. so you only find out about people's experiences when you yourself tell them about your experience. And so I figured since actually the blog was called Perspectively Speaking, and the tagline was, if you're thinking it, I'm saying it. Because sometimes I would say something and there was someone who was going through the same experience. And so I decided to write this book just to like share my experiences with people who are going through similar things. And of course, a lot of people go through similar things and we just don't tell each other what we're going through. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and, and, I, and I feel that like when you talked about, you know, miscarriage and things like that, those things yeah. that, I can, that I can relate to, you know, me just being transparent. Um, yeah, which is so, funny because for some reason, women think like a miscarriage is a shame. And it's like, mm-hmm. and then you go through that and you're like, you know, you, you know, you know what comes with that. But it's like, what have I done wrong? And for mm-hmm. some reason, I guess the way that society looks at people who have had a miscarriage, it's like, you know, you, you kind of keep it to yourself. But it is what it is. And, you know, it's not it's not something you have done or something to be ashamed of. It's something right. that you share with others to let everyone know, hey, we're going to do, we could hold each other's hands and, you know, go through this as opposed mm-hmm. to suffering by ourselves. That's so true. Um, one thing I know as I was reading each um, lesson, um, you wrote it so I was envisioning everything. Uh, there was <laughs> times when I was, I was laughing as if I was, I was right there. Um, so I love the way how you, um, you know, you write that. Thanks. But, but I wanted to also touch on um, lesson 32 um, in 40 lessons, because in there you, you mentioned the passing of your dad and the relationship you had with him, right? Um, uh-huh. Was it therapeutic writing about that? Um, I would say... Yes and no. Um, so my siblings and I, we are very close and we're also very close in age. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the therapy that we've gotten over the years was just from laughing about things and talking to each other. So I think when that happened, we had found a way to talk through it. So that was a therapy. Mm-hmm. Yes, the book in general was a lot of therapeutic um activities but um I think I had kind of like overcome that just from the shared experience I had with my siblings and us talking about that and living it at the same time okay 
So as as one who holds, you, you know, you hold a, a marriage and family um, therapy degree. Do you uh -huh. think that do you think that therapy would have helped your dad back then after your mom passed? Oh, definitely, definitely. And it's funny because I know for me personally, I cannot. I don't remember what my siblings said, but for me personally, it took me years mm -hmm. to realize that he too experienced a loss. We, I think we were just focusing on us losing our mother and not mm -hmm. so much on him losing, you know, his life partner. And so he definitely would have um, benefited from therapy, not only for the loss, but just the fact that he now has to deal with six kids. Well, I mean, we weren't all kids. Some of us were like 18, 17, but deal with six young people who honestly, he never really de dealt with directly on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm. Because okay. you know, back then that was the mother's job, <laughs> right, right, right. And then, yeah. um, and then, um, uh, inside joke, because maybe if he had therapy, you would have had to learn how to spell Czechoslovakia. <laughs> so, if anyone wants to know what that joke is all about, they would have to purchase Myra's first book. <laughs> they'd have to. They'd have to. Can't get everything for free. <laughs> so, so now you have the um banking and accounting ex experience then you became a stay-at-home mom very busy because all those situations with the blizzard and, <laughs> and window falling out and all that stuff quite busy um then you went into psychology yep what 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 made you do that i think the main reason was as i was home like mm -hmm. um you know, friends and family would call me and they would ask me for advice or just like to be a sounding board. And um, it dawned on me that I was actually counseling people and I wasn't really a counselor. And initially I wanted to go back to school for an MBA and I just wasn't feeling it. I couldn't figure out what, um, what field to go into. I just didn't really feel it. And as, you know, people kept calling me and asking me for like, you know, advice or just to, you know, let them vent. I thought about psychology, which I actually always liked. And mm -hmm. since I had the opportunity to do it from home, it was really win-win. And so I timed it that when my youngest finished high school, I would be finished also. And um, it was pretty close except for COVID, but it still worked out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, how was how was that balancing? Um, it was actually not bad because um, I know for me personally, after um, my twins who were like 16 or something, yeah, after mm -hmm. they got their license, they were very independent. So the only thing I really had to, I didn't have to pick them from school anymore. Mm -hmm. Just had to attend their, you know, like basketball or whatever activities they were in. Mm -hmm. And of course, my youngest, he always thinks he's really going. So he was always finding a ride <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so um, it wasn't a big deal. I would just like, you know, have my own schedule where once they're gone, then I would study and um, be finished in time for when they came back. And if I just didn't, I would just do it at night because I wasn't working. So mm -hmm. I literally had, you know, 24 hours to figure out when to do my studies. So you were very disciplined. Cause that sounds like discipline right there. Well, um, two things. I was that program, it was just one class at the time. It was one mm -hmm. class for like two months. And okay. the other thing is 
I have learned over the years that procrastinating just gives you a headache. So if my if my paper was due or my um final was due on the the 31st, I'm having it done by the 30th because I don't I don't need that stress. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, so I need to know, okay, so you and your husband, y'all have been together a total of 35 years, married for 27. What advice would you give young couples? Because that's great. That's like 100 years in, in today's world. Um, I don't know. Um, okay, let me think about this. I think it works for us because we are two peas in a pod. And I know that some people like to say opposites attract. I vehemently disagree. I think people who are like-minded tend to get along better than people who are complete opposites. Mm -hmm. Maybe it works for others, but for me, it kind of doesn't. I mean, there are some things that we are opposites. I think I'm more extroverted and outgoing and he's more quiet. So that's the opposite. But I think we are very much in tune to each other. And Mm -hmm. so we do get each other. Um, The other thing is, I think the biggest thing actually is to just accept the person as they are and not try to change them. One thing I've always admired about him is just that he is that he just accepts me with my nutty way and everything just as I am and has never, ever tried to change me, never, ever tried to control me and just allowed me to be me. And I think if you're able to be yourself, Mm-hmm. then you don't have to work at it because it's just easy being yourself. And I just accept him for who he is. Yeah. So I think I that's say, I think that's the best advice. Yeah, I have to say I I totally, totally agree with that. Because it is it it present it's a different type of ease, you know, yeah. when, you're, when you're just free. Um I've yeah. heard I've heard individuals say Oh, uh, a spouse has never seen them without makeup, or and I'm here like, well, I well, I hardly wear makeup anyway, but I'm just like, wow, me too, like like, like that is so much pressure. <laughs> exactly <laughs> to be perfect every single day. Oh my God, because the thing is, if you're together for two years, maybe. What if it, if you're together for a lifetime? then that's a lot of years trying to wake up and be perfect every single day. Oh my God. <laughs> so, um, you know, before we actually started, you know, recording, you know, we talked a little bit about stuff with HR and I know you had some situations in HR when you were working at a certain um, publishing company. <laughs> So I know that, you know, HR can be quite interesting. Um, yeah. And, you know, I know you some information you had shared or you, HR had known, but then you were in a meeting. Next thing you know, they put you on, on, front, on front street in, um, in a meeting. And I want to know, how would the Myra today, how would she have handled that situation? Oh wait! Um, remind me again what that because I've been quite a few pickles. So remind me again what that one was. Okay. Well, any pickle with HR <laughs> that you had, <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. How would you, you handle? Because this one was at a um, um, I believe they knew that you were 
looking for a job. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then right, 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 right. Just put you on on Front Street, just like that. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with life it's, it's lessons, fun. and you know, and you just coming into you know, this is Myra. How would you handle the situation? Like <laughs> it's it's funny because um, now that I'm older, and I like to say a little bit wiser and a mm-hmm. lot more patient mm-hmm. and a lot calmer. I definitely handle things differently. So even on my new job, like um, they tell me to do A, I just say, okay. And I do it and I go home. Back in the day, they say do A and I'm like, nah, I don't want to do it that way. And I think that's not the right way. And so I would just fight and fight and fight because A, I thought I was right. And um, to be honest, I usually was because corporate America was no joke. But then what I realize now is that you cannot fight with the people that have power over you. You cannot fight with authority. So now I just do my thing. It's funny because one of the biggest things I remember, even clearer than that other situation was, I remember um, a bunch of them went to a sales meeting and the sales meetings were never ever in the city. They were always like some exotic place. They even went to Antigua once. And so, they, and we were never invited to the sales meeting. And so they came back from a sales meeting and literally the next day we were in a staff meeting and the GM said, um, you know, we need you guys to cut costs. And I was like, no, she's not talking to us who didn't go on a sales meeting and spent thousands of dollars at the <laughs> sales meeting. And before I even thought about it, I said, well, why don't you guys have the next sales meeting in the cafeteria? <laughs> And she was like, what? I was like, yeah, that way you guys could cut costs. I don't remember what she said, but my friends were like, you? After they were like, you're crazy. Now I'd be like, you know what? I, I just won't even hear it. But back then yeah. I was like, you know, I was so hot-headed that if I heard ignorance, I just had to address it in the moment. But now mm-hmm. I'm like, I learned this phrase. Um, it's like, not my monkey, not my circus. So now mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, do you? I, mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Sometimes you have to pick and choose your battles. <laughs> yes. And that's something I had to learn the hard way. Mm. Wow. Yeah. No, I'm like, they don't live with me. I don't really care. I mm. I mean I care, but not that much. Right, right, right. Because at the end of yeah. the day, they, they make the final decision. Yep. Yep. True. Yep. True. 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 Mm. And protect your peace at all costs sometimes. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Fight in a Oh, yeah. So now we have book number two. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So oftentimes when people come out with their first book, you know, they write it, 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 you know, it goes well. Because like I said, people's, um, Myra's first book, it's really good. So I haven't had the chance to, to read the second book. It's hopefully in the mail. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> you'll get it. You'll get it on Monday. Okay. So I know it's, it's, it's sometimes pressure to write, you know, finish another book. What was the experience for you? Did you put pressure on yourself? Was it easy? You know? I wish I had put pressure on myself mm. because um, I, so I actually started this book right after the first book. And I was like, so the first one was like, 2014 and I was like oh I could just knock this off in like two years you know 
and um and then of course i started the um the psychology program so mm-hmm. i wasn't able to touch this book for a while and every time i went back i had to start from the beginning because i would forget what i had written mm-hmm. and i was like this is crazy and then for the whole 2020 from um march until you know whenever we kind of like lifted um i could have written more but you know the kids were home and i was like listen we are going to die anyway so who's going to read the book you know so i didn't write mm-hmm. and um looking back i was like looking back i said to myself i should have completed the book in 2020 but then i realized that things happen how they happen and mm-hmm. I would have preferred having fun with the kids being at home than write and be busy and not have time to spend with them because of covid also my husband was able to have like a week on and a week off and it's very weird that we all got to be together so mm-hmm. there's no way's going to work on that book mm-hmm. but um eventually I started setting deadlines for myself and then um uh, my my nephew actually did the cover and the back cuz he's a really great artist painter I mean, he's a really great everything so he did that and of course then he's a bit of a procrastinator so then i was finished with the book and then i had to wait on him to complete mm-hmm. but um i think the pressure that i put on myself was just the fact that the way the rate at which i was going it felt as if i wasn't going to finish and i hate to leave anything incomplete so i had to just push myself just to complete it it got to the point where it was like i don't care if it's like it sells really well i just need to finish it but honestly mm-hmm. every time i edited it i was laughing so i knew it was good so i'm like i don't care it's good <laughs> okay so what's what's what what can we expect with this one with this book versus the um your, your first book right so the first book because um you know it was like most about me and my siblings and my you know husband and kids and other people that I had to even though I changed the names like people knew who I was talking about if you mm-hmm. know us you know who we're talking about and so in the second book there were a few there were actually a few things that I wanted to put in the first book that were a little bit too raunchy so I was like okay if I ever write a second book I'll put it in that book and because this book does it's like a lot of the characters are composites so um some people think they know who i'm talking about but not really because you know it's like too many things that happen to different characters that i put into one character and so usually when we have like um parties at the house for the kids and especially in the summer we'd have like this big barbecue for my youngest who's born in july Mm-hmm. and um we'd have like these really long deep conversations about everything mm-hmm. or like sometimes i'd be talking to friends over the phone and we're talking about you know that's like different things politics and relationships you know the whole nine yards and um they usually very deep conversations and it's, and i felt like um i'd never seen a book where we talk about like everything mm-hmm. and so i decided to put this into a book and um So we didn't actually have a road trip talking about this conversation but I have had road trips and I have had these conversations and so in order to make it into a composite I kind of did it this way. Mm. Okay. Okay. Do you plan on writing something else after? 
Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but um, I'm having an idea of like so on my job now. Um, I was hired as um, an EAP counselor, which is Employee Assistant Program counselor, mm-hmm. and um, I ended up counseling like it's like everyone calls students, um, gamblers, um, everyone calls, and even though my degree is in marriage and family therapy we talk about everything and mm-hmm. um because it's also overnight we get like the stranger callers and so or chatter sometimes they come in through text um and so some of it some of the things that i've heard and seen um i couldn't make it up i really couldn't and so i'm thinking of if i ever write a third book it'll be about some of the conversations i've had with um some of these people because they're out there well I know how cheeky you are I know how (laughs) how your humor is so I'll be sure to brace myself (laughs) when I I dive into the book and this is like the perfect time um because I'm I'm home for a little bit so this will be perfect Um, I'm sure I will be laughing You no. you will you will be. I mean, not to blow my own horn, but seriously, like I'm laughing at some of these stories that I have read before, mm-hmm. that I have known it happened to either me or someone else, and I'm cracking up. So, anyone who doesn't laugh doesn't have a sense of humor, and uh, I don't know what to tell them. Yeah, yeah, true, true. They should be laughing at least once. <laughs> <laughs> so we you um, you know, you grew up in Antigua. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, households and everything. So, what have you taken from your upbringing, right, and applied towards raising your kids today? Um, it's funny you ask that. I would say honestly, everything. Mm-hmm. Like, if you ask my siblings, they would tell you, like, my mother was my hero. Like, she could do no wrong. You know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I don't know. She was like really big on saving, and she would always say. Like, you need to save for a rainy day. And, um, you know, like, I mean, everything, one of the biggest things, and I think it's in the first book, one of the biggest things that she has said was, um, and I'm going to paraphrase now because it's been too many years, mm-hmm. but um, you don't have to make the same mistake as others to learn from, you know, other people's mistake. But, you know, she said it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of things she was, she, was, oh, she had like all these sayings, but for some reason, that one really resonated with me because I don't know. I just feel like um, I don't have to touch the stove to know that it's hot if I see someone else touching it, mm-hmm. you know. And so that was really big for me. And so my kids, they, I swear, they are American kids because they were born here. Mm-hmm. But like the whole inner self is like pure Antiguan, being raised by two Antiguan people and also by two people who were like raised with you know with core Antiguan upbringing so -hmm. definitely to save your money I mean they don't always listen but I'm still telling them to save your money for a rainy day um good manners also um just like you know respecting the elders and um oh yes chores I I was like, so I was never one to be like, I'm the youngest. So I was not doing like a lot of chores because I was mm-hmm. kind of lazy kid. But then after I was on my own, I had to do stuff. 
And it dawned on me that if I taught my kids to cook at an early age, then I didn't have to cook for them forever. And so they were about six and eight when I brought them into the kitchen and um, they started cooking and they are all really, really great cooks, all of them, mm-hmm. if I do say so myself. So mm-hmm. that's like, that's one of the things, like I've heard pe- people tell me, you know, they would like clean their kids' rooms or go take like glasses and stuff out of their kids' rooms. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I would, my, my mother would never ever do that. And so that was something like, you know, I would never imagine myself doing like clean up after my kids. Nah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. okay sounds good sounds good so can you let the audience know how they can purchase um your books um so the books are available from amazon mm-hmm. but they're also available for me um i can be found on facebook myra francis um, if you send me a direct message, I could give you my um, address. Well, not address. That's only if you're sending me a check and not many people do that. You could um, send me a direct message and I could tell you how you could get the book, mm-hmm. especially if you need an autographed copy, which is what I like to do for more reasons than one. A, obviously Amazon takes a big cut. So if you buy it from me directly, you know, yeah. we, mm-hmm. we eliminate the middleman and also if you're buying a book from someone that you know, why not get an autographed copy? Yes, because I have autographed copy right here of the first book. Yep. My second one better be autographed too. Oh, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> so one question, what does what does um what does balance look to you? And what do you do when you are stressed? Ah, okay. Good questions. So, um, balance is, uh, and again, I don't mean to sound cocky. Balance is easy for me. I remember when the, when the kids were young and I was stressed, I would like take a glass of wine, some candles, some music, and I'll have like a really nice bubble bath. And I would tell them, unless the house is on fire, do not call me. Mm. I don't think it's fair for me to run myself ragged for kids or anyone mm-hmm. because um I'm, a, I'm not doing it first of all and b why and so whenever I'm like at my peak I would just stop and just pivot and do something else like I'm just I don't know I, I'm just not gonna do it I'm just gonna mm-hmm. take care of me because if I don't take care of me who's gonna take care of me right you know right. so yeah my kids know that when I've had enough then I'm just gonna do me and you have to. I always think about the flight attendants when they say, put the mask on yourself first and then put it on, you know, someone you're taking care of. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'm not, I, I just don't think it makes sense to run myself ragged and then I'm no use to anyone, including mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that, yeah. Right now for me, for balance also, um, since I moved like five months ago and I started a kickboxing class um, in January, and what I really like about it is I don't have to make an appointment. You know, there's no schedules. You mm-hmm. just show up. It's called nine round. You do your nine rounds and oh, then you leave. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it takes like 35 minutes, which is also very good. Mm-hmm. You know, not a whole hour. And then I just restarted tennis a couple of days ago because um, it's spring and, you know, the days are longer. So I just need more time. 
But um, I work the overnight shift. And so when I'm done working at seven, I take like a little nap. Then I go to my kickboxing class. I come back home and I cook or I just eat. And then I um, take a shower and I watch TV, relax. And then if it's like, when it's like nicer, I go for a walk or like I said, um, tennis. And then I take a next nap and I get ready for work. I hear that. Okay, I hear that. So, Myra, but I will, you- I will say this. I will say this though. It's easy to balance now that I don't have small kids. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 I get that. I definitely get that. Is there anything you want the audience to know before we close out? Um. Just think about buying the book. Sometimes, like this is my thing. Um. I've heard people say that, you know, they're buying books from celebrities that they don't know. Mm-hmm. And I find it like, I know me personally, like if I know someone that I actually know personally and they've written a book, I- I'd buy it nine out of 10 times. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I hear people say that, you know, they know about the book, but they haven't bought the book or haven't even thought of buying the book. I'm a little bit like, okay. But, you know, just think about, just think about buying the book, at least, at least think about buying the book. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to push you to buy the book, but at least think about buying the book. Mm-hmm. Um, a, you won't regret it. And B, you know, you're helping a struggling writer. That's right. Awesome, yep. Myra Francis. So thank, thank you for you being. Miss Francis Clark. <laughs> We're cousins, by the way. No, we're actually not cousins, but we say we're cousins, people. We sure um, do. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for being um, the guest on the Positive Set Brunch podcast. Um, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Always a pleasure. Um, and I just can't wait to put up, yes, I've read the book. And yes, it had me laughing. So, because I know it will. So You're very welcome. And thank you you for having me. Oh, of course, of course. So if you are out there in the audience and you're listening and interested in being a guest on Pause Reset um, Brunch podcast, you may email me at pausewesetbrunch at gmail.com. You can DM me on IG, um, Natural Inting LLC, or you can check out the website, www.naturalinting.com. Once again, I want to thank Myra Francis, and I hope everyone has an awesome day on purpose. Thank you.